Hello, hello, and welcome to another wonderful Define Yourself series. Now, with this one, we're taking a little bit different turn. We're making a left, and normally we go right. So we're Define Yourself, the men speak, mindset, motivation, and, oh, my goodness, yes, marriage, too. Now, Define Yourself started 2015, and since then it's been rolling. People have been getting tips. I'm trying to – the purpose of Define Yourself is for people to really pick up the breadcrumbs. I posted something on Facebook the other day about um, we'll hear, we'll see the breadcrumbs, we'll follow them, but we don't pick them up. And you have no excuse not to pick up the breadcrumbs when the breadcrumbs are free. So thank you guys all for joining. I'm excited. The speakers are excited, and we're going to get rolling. It's going to roll panel style. If you guys have any questions for any of the speakers or for me that you would like to hear someone address on the call, please feel free to inbox me on Facebook. You can also ask your questions on the page, whatever is more convenient for you. So with that being said, let me introduce the men of Define Yourself, the Men Speak. So we have four fabulous speakers. We have Mr. T.K. Kersey, who is the owner of That Suits You. And, Mr. Kersey, if you would like to go ahead and give a brief introduction of yourself real quick, that would be awesome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, coming from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, like you said, uh, my name is P.K. Kersey. I'm the founder of That Suits You, which is a nonprofit organization that collects uh, suits, uh, suit, uh, shirts and ties, and we give them to men that are trying to get back into the workforce, and we do presentations and workshops for colleges and schools to just teach the importance of image and presentation, and um, just excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much, and we are excited to have you, and I love what you do. And it's funny, growing up, I used to put suits on my son just for the purpose of him taking pictures in them which he'll probably be embarrassed about, you know, now because I would have him modeling um, suits that I got for him from my uncle um, when he was like, I don't know, six or seven. And it's just so cute because he's, you know, looking all serious. But, you know, like I said, he'll he'll find a way to be mad with me um, later. I'm sure, you know, those are the pictures you break out when um, when they get older and, you know, have – girlfriends or wives, kids, so on and so forth, all that embarrassment that as a parent I will get to enjoy later. So um, I'm interested. I think that's very interesting. And you guys can check PK out. Um, All of the speaker's information is also on the page, so make sure you guys check them out. Learn more about them. I've assembled a panel of very interesting men. I'm really excited. So with that being said, we'll move on to Mr. Jeffrey Moore. And a little bit about Jeffrey. He has a show on Healing Keys Radio, and the show's called Healing Keys. And I've been on there with my um, interesting self, (laughs) Jeffrey, um, let me let you introduce yourself because it's like a mouthful 
but I'm sure you could <laughs> condense it and, you know, and just let us know, Jeffrey, what, what do you do? Oh, fantastic. Well, thanks for having me on tonight. I'm excited about the panel and uh, getting to talk about uh, these subjects. Um, well, my name is Jeffrey Moore. I'm in Orlando, Florida, uh, via Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I uh, moved here in November. I am the founder of Healing Keys Ministry. Uh, like Valencia said, I have a radio show that is uh, Healing Keys Radio. That's on my actual radio network, Praise Orlando Network, which is a part of Healing Keys Broadcasting. And um, so I reach out. I also am a public speaker, and I'm also an upcoming author. So I like helping people and uh, helping them unlock their potential, destiny, purpose, and their healing through uh, God's Word. Awesome, awesome. And I've had fabulous times on Jeffrey's show, and I'll just <laughs> leave, it, leave it at that. I'm always, I, you know, I bring the energy. I, I bring the noise. I bring a whole different flavor to what it means to walking in your purpose and, and serving serving God. And that's, you know, that's Jeffrey's show. And, uh, and I always say people get caught up with the formalities, and I'm not a formal person. So that's where he can understand exactly my flow. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce someone that's local to me, because I think right now everybody's on different time zones and different spaces right now, Mr. Marvin Anderson, he's also known as the Empowerment Leader. And um, Mr. Marvin, are you on? I am. Okay, if you could go ahead and give, <laughs> give, give your quick bio, that would be awesome. Uh, well, uh, purposely, I am a personal professional development coach, um, by way of the empowerment leader, and I'm a strategic developer of life. And so my desire and purpose is to help individuals finish strong and cross the finish line. So I'm excited to be on the call and to share um, the life experiences that I've had and to hopefully impart and create change in someone else's life. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Mr. Marvin. And um, like I said, Marvin is a local to me here in Louisiana, and he's, he's if I was a, a male, I would probably be him. I'm sure down the line we're related. Our personalities are very similar <laughs> in having that strong personality. And part of being a woman, you know, people expect men to be, to be strong and have certain personalities. And I very much have a, a, a strong personality. And one thing Marvin said to me that was funny because people see me one way as being so strong, but then he's heard me also in wife mode, and it's like a switch. And he made that comment I thought was so funny. I was like, yeah, I'm a strong woman, but I'm still a wife. So, Well, I think, kinda, I think it would be more powerful I think it would be more powerful if you told the whole story that I've had the opportunity to coach Valencia. So when she say that she is strong <laughs> and hardcore, she is not um, stretching the imagination. So... Um, but we won't talk about that tonight. I will. I will keep her covered. But yeah, she's she, <laughs> she's a she's a strong uh, force to be reckoned with. So, um, someone who's had the opportunity to coach her, um, yes, yes. So, great great job, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Marvin. Yes, <laughs> we will um, discuss. <laughs> and that brings <laughs> us to our final introduction, Mr. Nedrick. Bellard, which is, he's a motivational speaker. He um, 
he's from Louisiana, but he doesn't live here. But, uh, Nedrick, are you on and can give us a brief introduction? And I'm sure everybody is ready to to roll into the questions. I'm already getting some inboxes. So, Nedrick. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Well, everybody, my name is Nedrick Bellard, and I am a mindset and motivational coach. And what I do is, for the most part, people tell you that you have to develop a mindset to become successful or happy with anything. So what I do is I help you cultivate that mindset and resurrect that that successful that successful mindset that you need to go throughout life and get whatever it is that that you're trying to obtain. And I'm also the owner and founder of WPS Alliance, an organization that I'm developing to help people that want to become entrepreneurs find out how to get sponsorship or, or even find the first place to start in starting your own business. And that's pretty much my story. Awesome. Well, good job on the intro. You, if anybody has ever heard me on any of these calls, my mind gets to wandering, and I'll forget I'm on a call and my intros will go kind of long or wordy. So I thought this way was best. But since Nedra brought up mindset, that almost brings me to the first question. So, and I'll address the speakers. I'll say you guys' name, and then we could, so you know who's the question for. So I'm going to bring this question over to Jeffrey. What do you do to stay motivated every day? Because being a man in the world of males is not easy. So what's the number one thing you can say you do every day to stay motivated? Wow, that's a great question, a uh, great way to open up. Um, for me, um, again, my calling, you know, is the ministry and everything. The first thing I do every morning is uh, I have my alone time with God, whether that's, uh, you know, starts off with usually uh, praying and then uh, I listen to worship music. Um, then I read the Bible and uh, then I start my day. Now, as I'm going throughout my day, as you alluded to earlier, I have, you know, the radio station and everything. So I'm network marketing, contacting tons of people, listening to music. So what's unique about my experience is I love to sit throughout the day and listen to motivational uh, speeches, motivational music, uh, and worship songs all at the same time. Um, earlier, you know, before we went up, you were talking about Rocky, and the other day I was sitting here, man, God just put this thing on my heart. And so uh, I was actually watching Rocky too. And then, uh, man, it's just you keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. So for me to stay motivated throughout the day, um, it's the connections with others. You know, some days I connect with people like you. Sometimes it's uh, just everybody that's just overcoming healing and stuff and, and, and talking to them. So to keep myself motivated, I've got to constantly recharge myself, and I've got to constantly focus on keeping myself uplifted and motivated as well. And, um, you know, and, and God provides a lot of that for me as well um, through many other instances uh, where someone will come back and say, man, hey, I really appreciated what uh, you said for me or what you did to me or whatever today. And, uh, you know, it's all through the power of God. So I, I tap into to God to, to focus everything I have to keep me going each and every day. Awesome. Okay. That's, that's a good answer. I know I have to connect with God and put his armor on before I go into this world. And um, if any of you follow me on Facebook, sometimes I talk about G-Baby versus Valencia. And if I don't prep myself, then I'm spending the day in G-Baby mode instead of Valencia mode. So, um, PK, 
when yes. when you get yourself motivated and you're ready for the day, and then something happens that just throws you completely off, it just messes you up from whatever good you put on and whatever you know you did in the morning to get you get you motivated and started. So when something happens in the middle of the day that's just completely out the box, throwing you left, a curveball just puts you in a funky mood. How do you kind of re-up your motivation? Um, you basically described every single day of my life. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I like what, uh, what Jeffrey just was saying. I mean, mainly how I start my day as well is um, I have a certain individuals who I listen to uh, pretty much every morning. It's either going to be Bill Winston, uh, Michael Freeman, or Ivy Hilliard, or T.D. Jake. So I try to start my day listening to those guys because they give me motivation. Uh, they give me the word. They give me uh, some some wisdom for the day. So I'm starting off good, but like you said, something may happen. They may try to trigger or get me off track. And people actually said that they really haven't seen me get upset, which I do, but I try not to get into that upset mode because I know that once you get into that upset mode, you're generally going to make uh, the wrong decision. I, I actually was teaching in a church Wednesday, and I said that uh, fear may drive a Maserati, faith drives a truck. So fear or frustration generally gets to us first when we get into when something happens that kind of gets us off course. But we, uh, I, I, I try not to react initially to that, um, to my first reaction, because I know that's going to probably make me make the wrong decision or do something that's going to get me off course. So I, I generally wait, take a step back, take a deep breath, and sooner or later that faith is going to kick in, that wisdom is going to kick in, that, that energy to make the right decision is going to kick in. So when that generally happens, I try to stick, take a step back, uh, remember what I heard this morning, uh, uh, just just, just uh, get my mind right and then make that quality decision. Hmm. Good answers. And I, I saw that quote, and when you, um, I think you posted on Facebook earlier. Yes. Somewhere. And until now, no lie, until now I really didn't connect what it meant. But <laughs> I guess I had a moment, like I really, like I understood what it meant, but I was trying to make the words make sense <laughs> to me. So I was like a truck, but I guess it's the difference between fast and slow. So until you said it at this moment, <laughs> you know, like sometimes, you know, my dots are, you know, they connect on their own pace. So I got you. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Marvin. Marvin? Yes. Yes. I'm Do here. you let me ask you this. Do you have a go to immediate motivational quote to kind of get you back in the right frame of mind? Wow. Um I don't think that there is one individual quote that I go to. Um my my sources are it would be a gumbo or a melting pot of so many different things. Um, of course, um, my journey started in ministry as a one of our other speakers are, and then I transitioned into being 
um, an empowerment coach. So a lot of times I am uh, required to remember um, what what has been destined and spoken over my life um, through the through the atmosphere of the spirit. And then there are some times that it's just simply um, applying uh, what I already know that that is already in terms of things that I've said myself. And so it just depends on what day it is, what hour, what time, what's going on um, as to what I revert to or what statement or what quote or what words I live by because we do know that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so I just make sure that whatever those words are, that they are giving me life. And so um, whatever source is life-giving, I could be riding a car, um, I could be talking to, um, in the past, like one of the chapters in one of my books is my son um, spoke something, and, and that was a chapter of the book. So uh, my spirit is always open to that thing or those words that give life. And so anything that's positive, anything that's given energy um, to produce, then that would be the quote that I will live by. So hopefully that answers your question. Awesome. Good answer. Good answer. And that brings me to Ned. Ned, Mm -hmm. yes, sir. My question is this. Um, A lot of times as, you know, friends, wives, husbands, so on and so forth, we try to, you know, get our partner or, you know, friends or whatever, we try to motivate them. So who who do you, if you can't motivate yourself through any way, shape, or form, it's just you just having a bad day and you can't do it yourself, who do you, who do you go to to motivate <laughs> I'm glad you asked that one, man. That, that question there, um, I got a wife that motivates me every day. I mean, if I come in with, with the, the slightest, the slightest, Facial facial feature of not being motivated. That lady got got a word that'll motivate the the most depressed person in the world. So I have to give it to my wife for for, for that one. Hmm. Good answer. <laughs> and well, what about um, your friends, Je- Jeffrey? Do you have friends like other other males? Like, how do you come to another male friend when you can't motivate yourself, when, you're, when your mindset is just thrown off and there's nothing you can do to get yourself back on track? Absolutely. That's a great question um, because, like you were saying earlier, it's good to connect with like-minded people. Um, just as I uh, pour into others and encourage others, I myself have to have people that I can turn to 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 mentor me and to coach me, and I have that um, to let you know just one is David Burris. Uh, he's out of California. He's a great uh, pastor, um, motivational speaker, author as well, and the coach. Um, he's one of the people I turn to. Um, and, again, I have some other spiritual uh, advisors. Uh, pastor said Reynolds is also out of there. And then uh, uh, Pastor Kevin Webb out of uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, are my top three go-to people whenever I'm uh, having one of those uh, down moments or down times and I need to reach out to another man um, that is, you know, that kind of shepherds me, if you will, and keeps me encouraged as well. And that way I keep my, uh, my spiritual bank and my motivational bank built up as well for myself because if we're pouring into someone, even if it's our spouses and uh, our uh, 
our friends, uh, people like you, you know, and, and I do a five-day-a-week radio show, soon to be six, seven, actually. Um, but uh, So I'm constantly encouraging and pouring into people, well, i got to get recharged, too, as I go. Um, so I, in addition to uh, turning to God uh, on the earthly realm, I go to folks like David Burris, other coaches, other mentors, and other speakers as well. Awesome. Good answer. I think so. I, do men have um, hen parties <laughs> like women do? Uh, I'll turn this question to Marvin because, PK, I have a special question for you. Marvin, do men have hen parties? And what, what would okay. you call it a party? I have questions. Okay, so I, I apologize, but please get to me what a hen party is. I, <laughs> <laughs> You have to enlighten me. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she gave that question to you. <laughs> See, only another woman can call it a hen party because if a man says a hen party, mm, you, you'll find yourself in, backed up in a corner maybe. A hen party is basically the ugly way. You know, like we say, make it cute, a girl's night out. You know, we're going to sit down, talk, so on and so forth. But it's really a hen party where we kind of get to unload and, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with the world. You know, it's like a, a group of women that come together and just basically just unload and talk about life, the good, bad, and ugly. A lot of relationship talk happens. Um, do men do that? Okay, so uh, absolutely, of course, men are conversational. Of course, men are, um, we, we have conversations. Um, so it wouldn't be a hen party. It would probably be a rooster party. Um, <laughs> but uh, so let me just say this. So what we understand is that uh, we, all, we all know that men and women think differently, men and women operate differently, and men and women live differently. So um, women get together, they talk from an emotional standpoint, they talk about how they feel, they talk about what they, what they want, they talk about their desires. Um, men have a, the atmosphere of men demand something different. And so um, the conversations are, are all day. The conversations are a lot of times men in a group, especially if they're doing an athletic event or doing a sports game, the conversation is silent. Um, and, and, and then if it's at work or if it's with a group of men, we talk about sports, talk about money, we talk about sex. So men talk generally the, 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 the typical man or the average man, or if you find yourself in a group like PK and the other speakers on the phone, like myself, you know, if we're in our atmosphere, in our element, then we'll talk about um, those things that are present at the time in the atmosphere. So absolutely men talk about it. So I guess your question I think what you want to know is, do men get together and have vulnerable conversations? And that answer right. would be, ultimately, that would be a no. Hmm. Interesting. Because <laughs> um, I think, you know, I think, you know, we are trained um, to be um, the atmosphere, the environment, um, life. Um, um, it trains us and it develops us to be, um, to be that man. Um, there are certain things we can do that we can't do. So when I was raising my son, some, you know, I, I hugged my son, I kissed my son, where a lot of, some some feel that's inappropriate. Or, or um, my son was allowed to cry. My son was allowed to express himself. I said, wait a minute, you know, um, stop being aggressive. Tell me what's wrong. And so, ideally, men, we aren't we aren't trained or given 
the platform or the outlet to be vulnerable and emotional. And so typically we don't have those conversations unless you um, have, have become um, a believer or you have an experience with God and, and you understand the lifestyle of a worshiper and you transform and, and you have a spiritual thing going on, then that's another thing. But ideally, typically, for the, for the masses, I would say no. Hmm. Okay, that brings I, – that was I, – that is what <laughs> we, we think. You know, it, I live with two men, my husband and my son, and I'm, being a woman, um, always looking for what's going on in their face, what's going on with their voice. You know, what's wrong? Is something wrong? Do I need to, you know, put on my boxing gloves and come rescue somebody? You know, that that's my mode. And it could just be nothing or it could be everything. And it's generally not expressed until I ask a million and one times and I'll get a one-word answer. So that brings me to uh, PK. Do you think... Um, do you think that's good or bad? <laughs> um, I think ultimately, I mean, I don't think it's a, a positive that men, uh, that we are that way, but I think that I have to agree uh, that that is a true statement, that we don't have those conversations as much as we, we should. And uh, one of the reasons is uh, a lot of men, they don't have someone who they feel they can have that with. Uh, we, you know, we're always in a competition. Or you know who's the king? Who's, yeah. who's the one that's in yeah. control? Who, who's the one? Yeah. Now, if I tell you something, uh, you you may look at me less than a man, or I'm not in control, or I'm not uh, who I say I am, and um, you know that that's why a lot of guys, you know, they hold a lot of this in, and um, mm-hmm. a lot of times our outlets are or wrong or misguided. Our outlets may be uh, with another woman, or our outlets may be with um, uh, just holding it in and. Not actually, when we hold it in, uh, that that affects us as far as our, our health as well. So I mean, it's definitely not a positive, uh, and hopefully we can uh, do something about that as far as becoming more open and having other men that we can go to and and share that with. You know, some you know that that that's a that, that's a big component for men to to share something like that with another man. When 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 we do that, that really takes us up, I believe, to. Uh, our relationship up to another level. Hmm. And men don't do that. And and they probably should, but I don't know, like Jeffrey, mm-hmm. is it important that the man you like if you if you had men around, you know, like a group of men that you knew mm-hmm. or were associated with if you know, um is it important that you guys are all like-minded for you guys to have some serious conversations about how not to break? Because men break too. We may not see it, but it happens. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and um, and that is a very, very great question, and, and it's true. Um, men, you need to be around like-minded people. Um, because I know in the lifestyle I came from, you know, that, that you know about um, – I, if I was to go back and hang around men like that, I could very easily get trapped in that uh, that same lifestyle. 
and uh, not do the correct things, you know, that I need to do, one, being a man of God, and two, being in the ministry and doing the work I'm in, and number two, just being a general overall good man. Um, For those of you that don't know, I was in law enforcement for 16 years, and in law enforcement, there's a brotherhood there. Um, Everybody talks about it all the time. So we all talked amongst ourselves, so I was with a lot of cops, which is good and bad. Um, I've been around some good ones. I've been around some, some bad ones, but if you start hanging around uh, negative people, you start hanging around uh, people who are are fueling the fire, so to speak, for other maybe not so uh, acceptable behaviors. Well, eventually, if you stay around that, it's the same thing for a woman. Woman, if you are uh, hanging around with the same type women, you're going to start doing the same type things. So that can hold. That goes back to the mindset thing because what we surround ourselves with affects our thought process. And as we're uh, going through that thought process, those thoughts become actions. And that's what we've got to watch out for. And, uh, and I agree with every one of the, the men that have been speaking to them. We have to change it. We have to have an outlet. It was really good, the one that talked about those that have had the uh, encounter with Jesus and have gone on the spiritual side. Um, it, it is a lot easier because you're vulnerable. And that vulnerability is something, just like they said, that we're, we're, we're not trained up to be. It's all about you're the man, you're the tough guy, you're the one, you're not supposed to cry, you're not supposed to do this. Let me tell you, man, crying is some of the most therapeutic actions we can do and open up and, and let our emotions uh, flow. And, and, you know, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, I wouldn't know that myself. Um, and then so whenever I get into it, and Valencia, you've been on my show before, I can get very emotional on my show. Um, and, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, but, but if you're surrounded yourself, because the generation before us, um, you know, they, they, they worked hard. They did, and our fathers are doing exactly what their fathers trained them to do, which is to keep those emotions bottled up, keep those uh, – surround- you stay, you go to work, you come home. You go to work, you come home every now and then, you know, hey, dad went out for a beer after work or something, you know. Um, but then, you know, that's hanging out with the guys. You're not really talking about how you're feeling, how life's going. And so that does bottle up, and then you're just sitting on a powder keg that all it takes is uh, some little – catalyst to, to, to just send that powder keg off and the next thing you know we got the police showing up at your house because there's a domestic violence situation or you say something that that you don't uh, you don't really mean but it's because all this emotions is bottled up you can't you can't express that to your spouse to your friends um, especially if you're a single male if you're a single male you know who are you going to talk to um, so you got to have those like-minded people that are going to be there hold you accountable um, just like they were alluding to earlier that accountability is something huge because if you get someone you trust, and it's got to be someone you trust, because whenever you open up to someone about some deep, dark secret, about some deep, dark emotion you're having, you are giving them the power to destroy you and trusting them not to. Um, uh-huh. That's the same thing you know, with women, the same thing. Because like you said, women, it's easy for you guys to talk to each other. Um, get in a group and you start talking, well, my man did this, my man did that. Well, you know, that's a whole bunch of information coming out there. That, that right. could come back and really hurt your own personal relationship or, or like I said, with a man, you know, if you're talking to this guy, well, this guy can destroy you with that information. And, and it's very uh, – to have someone you can trust and accountable is – and hold, help hold you accountable is, is pivotal in, uh, in your walk as a man altogether. Hmm. Good answer, especially. Uh, I tell women all the time about the conversations that, A, we have with ourselves and, B, that we have with each other um, because at the end of the day, if you're sitting around at a quote-unquote hen party and you're talking about different problems you're having in your home with your man and you're still there, well, you know, the other hens at the party are going to start 
you know, giving your man side eye, and then you're going to get mm-hmm. mad. But you did that. <laughs> so, you know, you did that. So, um, interesting. Nedrick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you Do you think, okay, what about the man that's not like-minded? What about the man that doesn't have uh, – co-workers where he feels like he can, um, you know, talk to and have that communication with? And, you know, what what would you suggest for for that man that's, you know, in a, not in the world alone, but he may feel alone because no one within his arm's reach has, has that mindset that he needs to, you know, transfer over from male to man, basically. Hmm. Where do, I would, where uh, I would say uh, you could talk to your local pastor or, or um, there's things employed now that you can, you could actually speak to someone for free. Like um, you could actually speak to, to a psychiatrist for free or whatever, or uh, you can, you can go to your, your father, someone, someone like that, some male role model that you feel that, that can give you the guidance that you need. But, um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, you can you can always turn to somebody in the community that 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 you feel that that can help you out and uh, give you the right guidance that you need. Okay, good answer. And also, people, men can Google whatever you know, motivation or mindset mm-hmm. or um, you know, go to Facebook and just. I always say, you know, start deleting the people that's not where you want to go and look for the people that, you know, they're posting those quotes and and different things. What I find is people, what you Mm -hmm. need is already there. You just have to open your eyes. You just have to, you know, be willing to delete, you know, your coworkers or your cousin because they're posting foolishness. That is, that's not where you want to go. Start deleting, blocking, or not paying attention to those people and start seeking out people that, that has that mindset um, to where, where you're trying to get, where you're trying to go. Lauren, yeah, because I'm, no, I'm sorry, Nedrick, you wanted to add something? Yeah, I wanted to say not always you need a, a person to go to, you know what I mean? Because, like, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a... Uh, Les Brown junkie. I, I'll read Les Brown comments all day long, and uh, and also I, I, I'm into listening to certain pastors, whatever. Sometimes you have things where you can go on and you can you can speak to people through live chat or whatever like that too. You know what I mean? And uh, but main thing is also find someone that's that's. On one accord, that could be on one accord with you. You know, the more you find someone that's that's doing good for themselves or whatever, or want to be successful, or want to be whatever you want to be in life. I mean, that 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 helps you out. Like uh, like the old old saying says, "Birds of a feather flock together." You know, you you have to drop drop the closest family members sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. and also guilt by association. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite um. <laughs> That's why you got to watch the birds because you may be lumped into with the birds um, or, or hens or however you want to say it. Marvin, does it make a difference to you that you have a supportive partner in a relationship? 
and 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 when you you know as business as a you know as a person, how big is support in in the person you're you're with and with um, friends and I, too? Like, do they have to support you? Hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Because anyone who knows me knows that I'm very assertive um, and aggressive about my brand and what I've been purposed and called to do. And so it's kind of like with me, anything or anybody that gets in the way, they get deactivated or ran over, whichever you want it. Um, but um, I'm going to say that, first of all, when you find yourself with someone um, that you deem to be a partner or partner status or relational status or intimate status or however you want to put it, whatever category you want to put it in, whenever you find yourself in that position, there should have been a preface, there should have been an interview, there should have been a some research or some background or some foundation laid where you have a clear understanding of where this is going. And when you introduce yourself, then your purpose should have been a part of the introduction. And so the question isn't, is it, is it needed or is it necessary? The question is, did you make um, the the initial introduction, did you make that, did you make your purpose and passion clear um, before you entered into whatever level of friendship, relationship, or anything? And and, 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 then, and then the next thing is, as we grow, and a lot of times, a lot of people, of course, I know this because I work with people, and you know this as well, and I'm sure all of the other coaches and speakers on the phone um, know that we all grow and we develop over a process of time. And so as we grow and we develop, and we, sometimes we outgrow people, um, and sometimes we, we, we go to another level, or sometimes it's just that we're not good for people, not that people aren't good for us, we're not good for people at that time. So I think it's always an assessment and it's always an evaluation. So I said all that to say this. When it comes down to support, um, I think that that comes with the territory. I think that comes with relationships. I think that's, a, that's understood. I think that's an expectation. I always say this, you know, I, you know I, my foundation is the Word of God. My foundation is Scripture, and it says, to much is given, much is required. So as much of me as you want to partake of, then I'm going to require that much more of you. And so if you're going to require me to to, to be a part of your life, if you're going to require to be a part of my life, then absolutely, positively, unequivocally, you're going to be supportive of my purpose and my passion and what I've been called to do. So, yes, support is important and necessary. Mm, good answer. And I, I have a reason, and I, I'll bring that up in a second. But, uh, PK, do you, do you agree? Do you feel like um, support is a requirement to – being, you know, um, I believe you're married. Yeah. You're married. So is that like, is that like a, a part of like the foundation or, or part of something that's necessary, or you know, do how how much support plays into into that? You, you understand my question? Like, yeah. how yeah. important is it that you are supported by your partner in in your dream in your business? Um, well, definitely uh, in my situation, uh, I've been married uh, for 24 years. So in my situation, as far as um, working, having two sons, and, um, you know, starting the 
the nonprofit that suits you, and also uh, I do the social media for for businesses. So I have a social media um, management. So I mean, that's a lot of activities going on, and to be able to uh, be married and uh, and very much involved in the ministry. I mean, that's a lot. So without support, uh, we wouldn't be 25. We wouldn't make <laughs> 25 years. So I mean, it's it's critical. Not only that, she does. She has her own business. So it's just a lot going on. So if we're not if we're not supporting each other, if we're not communicating, if we're not on one accord, then the found there's no foundation and um I mean you can't hold everything together and and you know you want to have a successful business your business is on top your business is doing well but your marriage is crumbling or you know yeah. your business is growing your business is doing you know you're on Facebook social media looking like a king but you know, <laughs> your family your family hates you you know that's not what success to me is all about so it's about wow. uh, balancing everything uh, being successful in every area, which is, I, I believe that's what God wants from us. But in order to do that, I mean, you, ha- you have to have support uh, definitely from your uh, from your spouse. And, you know, I believe it begins with communication. Mm, I, I 100% agree. I know um, when my husband, when I, when I met my husband, I told him, I said, look, um, you know, I gave him a list of things. Um, I made I gave him like a list of of things of what I expected, and being that I have been in a relationship that wasn't supported, to me, because you really don't know support is a requirement until you don't have it, <laughs> and so. Come hmm. and my husband, and it's funny because I do talk to you know. Different in this business, of course, I talk to a lot of men. I have a lot of interaction with men. <laughs> so not only um, the support from my husband who's on the call, hey, honey, <laughs> but um, that support and that trust coming from him was not only vital, but it was required, and I stated it up front. And he's, that's, he may not understand um he may, he may not understand because he's in a whole different world with his, you know, with his his job and his journey and his, um, you know, endeavors or whatever. But together, it doesn't matter. Like, I have no understanding of what my husband does at work, none. But I'm supportive of him 150%. And I get that from him, which it's like putting gas in the car because sometimes I'm on that, you know, and I'm, I don't know if it's a woman thing, but, yes, the gas light has come on, okay, in the car. And, and, and mentally and emotionally, and he will fill me up. And that, to me, that, that's like irreplaceable. I know I could go another day, another month, another year. So, to me, it is a requirement, and I've seen um, there was a discussion or, or a question or something where this lady actually said it's not required for her man to support you, support her um, with what she wants to do. And I'm like, I will pray for you. Have a great day because I don't see, you know, sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. And to me, that's ridiculous, but to her it made sense. And um <laughs> Mar- Marvin, I think you have an additional comment. 
Absolutely. Um, PK said some great things, and then you just said some some things. I'm, like, over here, like, raising my hand, like, in a classroom, like, yes, me, me, me. <laughs> um, so the I think a lot of us that, are. <laughs> so the first thing is that I think that it ultimately goes back to, and I, I'm, I'm really excited that a lot of, like, most of the brothers, all, all of us, have a foundation. Our principles really are biblically grounded. So number one, it goes back to that being equally yoked, right? Like it has mm. to fit. Like it has to fit. And then the, the second thing is we're strategic about everything. And all of us on this phone, we talk about strategies and purposes and you, even your organization and your brand, Valencia Life by Design. We, we design everything else. And we, we're very strategic about our brands and we're very strategic about what we're doing in business, but for some reason somebody has told us, and maybe some lady on this phone or some brother that's listening, somebody has said you don't have to be strategic when it comes down to relationships. You don't have to be strategic when it comes down to partnerships and, and friendships. Well, I beg to differ. Like you have to be very, very strategic, and you have to, you have to be very um, choiceful, if that's a word, about who you are <laughs> going to allow to be in your circle and who you're going to flow with. Like, I think we, mm. cannot, we can no longer be passive about who we're going to flow with. We can no longer be passive like who we're going to let ride with us. We can no longer be passive about who we're going to let sit at our table. Like, there's a saying that goes around and people joke about saying, you can't sit with us. Well, unequivocally, in 2016, I said that there are some people we have to begin to say, you can't sit with us. You can't sit with me, and that's whatever area of life you're in, simply because when we sit down and we begin to commune and we begin to have a conversation, either my conversation is going to overtake yours or yours is going to overtake mine. But even beyond that, we spend a lot of time trying to convince people to enter the conversation about us, about greatness, to enter the conversation about destiny, to enter the conversation about purpose. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't have time to be in relationship, friendship, partnership (laughs) with anybody who I have to convince that it's time to go to the next level. Like, I really wish that I didn't have to get loud. I really wish I wouldn't get passionate, but you just, like, struck a nerve tonight about this thing about support. And then, and then the same thing, vice versa, because when it fits PK and Keldrick and the other guys, what, if you agree with me, because when it fits, it's synergetic. Like, your yes. wife supports you for 24 years, but guess what? It's easy for you to support her back because it just, what, fits. It goes together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so right, I think right, we have right. to begin to be synergetic, and we got to be strategic about who we connect into and who we're hooking up with in all yeah. levels of relationship. Like, that's Absolutely. just what's up. Yeah. Tell us how you feel this, Valencia, if I can. Mm-hmm, go ahead. So – this is funny because, you know, I, I'm, I'm engaged to be married later on this year. But the thing is, we have to have life purpose compatibility. And what that means, that doesn't mean that we have to have the same yeah. vision or even the same purpose. It simply means that we have seen our purpose and are in tune with each other concerning it. And since we're all spiritual yeah. and talking about that, if you go to Amos 3.3, 3, it says, can two people walk together without agreeing on one direction? No, no, you can't. You can't agree. So you, you're going to go out opposite directions. So we must have the life purpose compatibility. We have to know that God shaped us, gifted us, and called us to glorify him. So we have our own individual purpose, and together we will have our combined purpose. It's about individuality, mm. but that combined purpose and going in the same direction, which is to glorify God. Hmm. Y'all having us go to church. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but everybody else was. No, but you know, it's like this is this is like that passion. Like people don't hear it, um, you know, and that's why it was important 
like that's why like the men speak with like a title in, by itself, you know. Um, so, okay, so let me Valencia, get my thoughts together. Let me so, Valencia, so something, something he just said about that, Matt, which is awesome. He said that when we all come together, the two of you come together, and then you ultimately fulfill your purpose and mm-hmm. and, and and the glory of the glory of God is revealed. And so, just for anybody who's on the phone who may not be to a certain level spiritually, I don't want to be talking, but it's simply this: the glory of God is revealed when you wake up and do what you were created to do. That's giving God sure. glory. Come on now. So, so if you're hooking up with anybody who is hindering you or binding you or stopping you from waking up every day doing what God has created you to do, then, yeah, that's not, that's not what's up. <laughs> Just, I know. You know um, like, I, I know. want people to know, like, that's what the glory of God is. So when he says we give God the glory, he's not, I don't think he meant, right. like, we're lifting our hands. I think what he meant is that when we do what we were purposed and destined and designed to do, every, yeah. when we wake up and we're pushing towards that, then that's what gives God glory. And so anybody that you connect with should be in tune with that. And I, I, I'm so mm-hmm. glad that he, that he that he taught us, that he shared with us just now, that they don't have to do exactly what I do. Like, if I sing, you don't have to sing. But if I sing, then, you know, maybe you'd be the one to get the money. I don't know. <laughs> you know, let's <laughs> make it work. I don't know. <laughs> I know uh, something I, I say frequently, and um, and it's from a fabulous song. Uh, I don't even know if he's still around making music, but years ago he says, uh, I'm a movement by myself, but I'm a force when we're together. That is mm-hmm. my philosophy with my with you know my husband because what I didn't realize when I when I met this man who became my husband um who I know God made for me my purpose that was in the back of my head being with him was that that fuel that I needed to say okay I I see it like he was he was that that fuel, he was that, because he really, like, I already believed I was superwoman before, but he gave me my cape and said, let's go, I got you. So, um, okay, let me breathe a minute. (laughs) 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 That's, and, um, so, Jeffrey, what was one of, what was one of the things, because I know you're engaged, Mm -hmm. so did you have, like, a checkoff list? Did you have, like, this, you know, um, did you have, like, okay, she has to be this, this, and this for me to even consider doing this this thing called marriage again? Absolutely. I don't know if Miss Cindy that's, that's on the a, call, but. Well, I know. Um, I, she was at work, so hopefully. Um, she knows uh, we've had this conversation, um, to be honest with you. Um, I used to have a list, Valencia, um, mm-hmm. but, 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 but I realized my list doesn't work. Um, so what I did is uh, I went to Scripture. And a matter of fact, everything I just said uh, previously about the two coming together is part of my minimum requirements for a future spouse that God gave me. Because uh. of where I'm at spiritually, um, you know, that, that's where I am, and he's the one that directs me. That's exactly how I, uh, uh, how I got connected with her. Uh, she came in, actually, and started encouraging me while I was still dating someone. And uh, and that one ended, and uh, and what's even better than that, um, she was declaring it to the atmosphere, told God that she wanted to be my wife, and uh, she went with it and believed it. 
Um, so she has her own purpose. That's what I was talking about that earlier. She has her own purpose that I was pouring into, but yet she was pouring into my purpose. A matter of fact, to, to, to add merit to that, what happened was she's the one who told me where I was moving. And God had already told me that I was going to be moving, and her exact words were on the conversation we were having is, so when are we moving to Florida? And I said, wait, what? She said, when are you moving to Florida? I said, no, you said, when are we moving to Florida? But I was so entrenched in God and building myself and building my purpose, walking in that purpose, that it took nothing but a woman of God that was walking in the same purpose to wake me up. And that's what oh. happened to me. So God gave me a, my own list because I'm telling you, the, the, the list that I had, there isn't anyone that could fit it. There isn't anyone. That, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's a combination of a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and I've done it. You know, you know as well as I do. We talked, and uh, I've been divorced three times, and I, I know how to do it wrong. Um, so oh. with me, it was getting back into that alignment um, and getting with what God wants, you know, since that seems to be the spiritual foundation of, of all the men here in the calling was getting in with God, letting him show me. And not only that, he backed it up with every scripture. I'll post it. I, as a matter of fact, I just looked it up to, to quote what I had said whenever we talked a while ago. It took me a while to find it because it was September of last year when I wrote that article but uh, about what he'd done. But that, that's where I get my list because for me, and again, folks, you know, for those of you that are listening that, that aren't quite as spiritual as we are, uh, and this is what I'm talking about for me, um, to to make a list is me putting a limit on a limitless God hmm. because my list may not be the same list that he has that's that perfect woman for me, the one that's going to encourage me, the one that's going to, to push me to that next level. So it doesn't have to be about she looks like this, she looks like that, she, she does this job, she does that job, she goes to this denomination church, and I go to this denomination church, which I don't believe in denominations, but anyway, that's a whole other show. The, uh, <laughs> so, so, so that's what it is. And, and so I, whenever I got in tune with God and got with my purpose, he's the one that gave me these minimum requirements, and they're all biblically based, and I knew then and at that moment that Jeff's list wasn't going to hold water. Hmm. And that is, um, and I'm glad we discussed the list because I know so many women are still single with their list. And I, I'm not going to down them because at one point in time I had my list too. And abiding by that list, it was like having a, a map to the to the wrong place. And so I had to throw out what I thought because, at that point, everything I thought led me wrong. So I was like, okay, we're going to take thinking out of this process. We're going to take the list out of this process. You have your requirements, which, you know, wasn't a big, huge list. I'm sure my husband may say otherwise later. But, um, you know, but the, the general list that some women have, like, um, you know, money, looks, this tall when I have heels on, like that honestly mm-hmm. was on my list, you know, um, d- didn't have more than two friends, uh, didn't, you know, I had like a whole lot of, I had to like his family, um, I had to like his friends, you know, I had like a, a ridiculous I mean, it's ridiculous to me now, but then it it really made sense. But a lot of women are walking around, a lot of women, a lot of men, a lot of people are walking around lonely because they have unrealistic expectations that they can't even meet their own checkoff list. Absolutely. 
you, you know, know Valencia, that's even biblical as well. I know we keep going back to this, but it, it's the same thing. What what if what if uh, King David walked up and said, "Hey, look, whenever he was a child and everything, look, I, I've been anointed the king over Israel. You know, um, I'm going to have all this wealth and riches. I'm going to have all this divine intervention." But I got to grow into it now. I just need you to trust me and to go with me. Same thing with Abraham. Whenever he was told to go off and he didn't know where he was going, if he looked over, hey Sarah, hey sweetheart, I know you married me for this, and we don't have much, but we got to pack up and leave. Um, where are we going, honey? I'm not quite sure. Just follow me. So if if they had lists, the whole dynamic of the world would have changed. And you can go back scripturally and look at all these all these people who would have sent things in a whole different direction. And that's something that, that that God put on my heart about the list as well. Good, good answer. Good, you need to make sure you post that because we I stay on women all the time behind those lists, and we'll have lists and end up going off the list anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, all all the way left. We you know trying to get to um, New Orleans, and you know we with our checkoff list and end up in. You know, some other Oklahoma. I'll just throw it out there, Jeffrey. Oklahoma. That's not a bad thing. Somewhere else. Hey, hey, um, your husband's from Oklahoma, so be careful. Yes, he is. He's He's my partner. He dropped off the line, so I could talk about Oklahoma a little bit. (laughs) um, Nedrick, what is is your your why? My wife, I have to be my wife and four girls. I mean, I wake up every morning and, and to see them smile and, and ask me for different things, you know, like, uh, Daddy, buy me a dress. Daddy, buy me a nail or something like that. That's my why, you know, to wake up and, and see them smiling from ear to ear. That's that's the best feeling in the world. And to think that, to know in my heart that, that if they ask me something and I can't provide it, that makes me feel like the worst man in the world, you know, and and I try my best not to have that feeling. Hmm. PK, yeah. is is that what being a man is, being able to provide for your family? Like, how would you describe what being a man is? Not male, man. Uh, I believe that's definitely part of it. I mean, you definitely want to... Uh, provide for your family, want to protect your family. Uh, but um, the, to me, the ultimate is just for uh, being who uh, actually who God made you to be, fulfilling your purpose. I mean, uh, sometimes we push our kids to do so well. We want our kids to be so the, the best, the highest, achieve the mm-hmm. most. And, but I think we don't put that same impetus on ourselves. We We, we push that off to them. I believe to be the best parents, the best men that we can be, is to be the, uh, fulfill our purpose and do what it is that God called us to be, and that automatically puts us in line to be the best uh, male, the best parent that we can be, fulfilling our purpose. And um, um, that really uh, is a passion of mine now because uh, I just I just felt that for so long I wasn't I wasn't doing that. I was just you know skating, not skating by, but just being okay, you know, not, but I wasn't doing what I was called to do. And over these last few years, I really had a passion to make that change. And um, so many doors have opened because of that. And um, I'm just glad that I I didn't wait too long. And I don't want other people to wait too long and feel like it's too late. You can't do it. 
good answer. Like which you like that? Yeah, I like that answer yeah, too. That's, more. that's true. It's definitely true. Yeah. Um, for a man, for me being a man, I mean, the Bible will tell you lean not on your own understanding, and uh, you know, I I encourage any man to, to get involved in the Word of God. You know, that that really helps you in your decision making and everything else. You know, whenever that flesh try to override and and you have that word of God, that spirit man always always overcome that flesh. You know, you want to be able to um as a man, you want to be able to um whip your flesh into subjection. Because honestly speaking, the flesh is what's caused a man to I, I, I would say make that wrong decision and, and and whatever and being in the spirit, walking in the spirit helps me become a better father, a better everything. So I, I, I agree with what he said on, on that to to the one hundred and ten percent if that's possible. Thank you, sir. Hmm. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Marvin, what's more important? Money, love, respect. And you only could pick one. Marvin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always get quiet. <laughs> you only money, love, respect. You only can pick one. Well, you know, I call her outside of the lines all the time, so but I guess since she said I could only pick one, I'm just trying to analyze this very, very quickly before I give an answer. <laughs> um but you know what? I'm gonna say love. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, um, because love um, embraces all of that, right? Because if you love me, you're going to respect me, um, or if I love you, I'm going to respect you. Um, and if you love me and I'm broke <laughs> and I got a plan to make some money, then you're going to stick in there with me and we can get some money. And it's, univer- and, it's, and it's universal. It's the foundation. And so, you know, we, we can't get away from it. Love. So it would be love. Good answer. And I, and, I, and I experienced that in my own life. So I know, you know, you know, friendships and relationships, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if the love life is right, um, it, it, it'll, it'll all work itself out. So love mm. is the ultimate. So absolutely. Love. I, I, I would have to pick two. <laughs> she said one. Well, Look, you, can't pick, you can't pick two. I know. No, That's can't. just for us. She's hosting it. Well, I'm going to go in a coach mode, so you can only choose one. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's funny that you said that, though, with love, because you always hear men want respect, women want love. But can, you always so, hear that. I, I was hoping that, I was hoping that came up tonight because like says who right <laughs> well my go answer, into that right? you can go into the and a lot of people if you're if you're walking with God it says the exact same that that way in Ephesians where it talks that men you were to love your wife as God has loved you and loved the church okay and then it says women you are to respect your husband. Sure. So that's actually a biblical statement, and it's in the Bible. So why? Okay, so, well, because, and the reason why I wanted the question to come up is because we have men, mm-hmm. and we have these, these conversations, we have these situations where 
um, because who, what's the benchmark or what's the spectrum for what is respect and then what's the spectrum for what is love? There and so, and so, but nobody is asking the questions. And so every relationship and everybody has their own prescription and their own benchmark and their own spectrum in their own household and in their own lives. And so no one is communicating and no one is asking the questions about, honey, what's important to you? Um, right. And how much uh, of this do you need or how much of that do you need? And so we put this whole blanket on it for everybody because, mm-hmm. I, you know, because, it, you know, it's like, you know, who says that, like, you know, dude may not like, okay, I've had a hard day at work and I work this out, whatever. You know, who's, I mean, what if your husband came up and said, babe, I just need you to hold me? Like, are you going to look at him mm-hmm. crazy and be like, I what exactly. hold you? You gotta get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? And so, see, and that's uh, where I agree with you because because I've experienced that myself. And the only reason I thought that's where it came from. I think people take it, in, and especially legalism on the legalism side of Christianity, is where where it all got twisted and everything else. Because exactly because I've had the exact same thing that you're talking about. Whenever I came home, like you know what, I just want to know that I'm loved, that I'm needed. You know, and it wasn't about respect anything in that moment. I mean, I could have a rough day at the, well, I worked the Oklahoma City bombing. So, you know, I, that was a rough week, you know, and, and I didn't want anything. I, I didn't care about respect. I just wanted to know that someone loved me, you know, right. that I was making a difference, you know. So, but I think when it comes down to it, with whenever you start doing that both with the love, the love automatically leads to respect and respect automatically leads to love. It's a hand-in-hand situation. It's just a revolving thing that goes back and forth. As long as you're taking care of the person you're with, with the love and respect they deserve, then it's going to be reciprocated. Interesting. Because I've always heard that, um, and I think um, with me being a woman, I I don't look at myself as being a typical woman um, because I was raised with my dad being in the military, so I was taught you know, not to cry. So emotion, like love, was very hard for me to express. And even now it's something that I I, I still have to work on e- even now is being able to express that. Now, it, and, but my, both of my husband and people who I love know I've loved them, and it's um, but it's been a, a ongoing thing with me as knowing how to express uh, emotions outside of anger. So you know, now of course I'm older, I know how to control certain things and do certain things. But I'm just saying, growing up, not being the, the typical little girl, you know, I scrape my knee, I get up, I'm okay. You know, it wasn't no crying involved, or I need a band aid, or you know, anything like that, you know, I was good. I was the oldest of two girls, so I was, you know, the strong one, the the stronger of us two, and I'm, you know, pretty strong as a woman, you know. So to me, um, definitely that emotional side is something that I battled with being able to express really until I had my son. I, I wasn't comfortable with expressing emotions. So, Nedrick, is it important that, you know, your wife express love to you? Yeah, it is important. I mean, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's just 
want to know that sometimes you just want to know that 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 you are loved. You know what I mean? It, there's no simple way of putting it. Sometimes you just want to be held. Sometimes you you need that. You know. Sometimes you need it. I've got to admit. Good answer. Good answer. PK. Do do you always wear suits? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, you went from a deep question to the <laughs> super. I, I have to pivot sometimes. I have to pivot and lighten up hold a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't always wear a suit. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it um, okay? But when you, what does a suit or or dressing well? What does that do for you? As, as a man, what does that do for you? Um, well, I wear suits a lot of the times now because that is the the uh, the brand and the image for that suits you. So, you know, if I'm going to some of these uh, corporations and companies and I'm telling them about that suits you, uh, it's beneficial for me to wear a suit. But what I one of the reasons we uh, wear suits, and we teach the guys about the importance of wearing suits. It's just to give, we want to give our young men options. A lot of our young men don't think that they have any options. They think that, uh, you know, and I'm glad you even asked the question, I don't always wear suits. No, I don't. Uh, I wear, you know, play basketball, football, you do other things, but a lot of the guys, they they do that part of it. They play the sports and they, they're casual, but they don't have the um, access to, to the suits, and they really don't believe they have those options. So we try to, uh, one two of the reasons we realized men weren't wearing suits is because, one, they didn't know the importance of it, and, two, they didn't have the uh, resources to purchase suits. So we try to eliminate both of those reasons for not having it while teaching and um, giving workshops and presentations and then providing the suits free of charge. So, I mean, uh, and we, the, the change that we see uh, when we give the uh, men suits, and um, I'm talking about quality suits. These are these are very expensive quality suits, and give them free of charge so that they can go on interviews, so that they can go to their graduation, so that they can go to these events. Um, it, it just makes a tremendous difference, and um, it's just very humbling, but very excited about the future. Hmm. Good answer. See, I have to throw that curveball sometimes. I had somebody actually ask me, um, if I always wear skirts, and um, you know, because I'm, my whole thing was I'm bringing a skirt back. I'm bringing that old school glamour. I'm bringing the lady back, and then I post a picture of me in a skirt with my boxing gloves on, and that was a very important picture for me because it, it conveyed certain things that I'm a lady, but I'm a strong lady. You you know, so it's like you, you see me all refined in my Southern Belle um, self, <laughs> and then I'll post pictures of me with my um, boxing gloves. And um, my husband actually did a video of me hitting the bag outside, but I didn't like how I looked. So I was like, no, you better not post that. Foolishness. <laughs> but, you know, I do kickbox, and, you know, a lot of people know I love Rocky. I'm, you know, I'll bust out in karaoke randomly. Um, in the house or wherever, it's you know. But um, it's a certain feeling I get, though. And if I go speak 
or if I'm going certain places, I make sure I am that that lady. So it's not even before I even thought about Valencia, quote, unquote, as a brand, I was Valencia the woman. So to me, seeing these how these young girls dress and go in public and they're seeing different uh, women in public that's not carrying themselves like the strong woman they are. So to me, my, my image is so much more, it's bigger than me, you know. So part of the reason is just presenting that presence to the that generation. And it is, um, you know, part of my brand, part of the movement, part of that self-esteem and that confidence that I want to, you know, give off to the world, like you walk in my air and you automatically get this, you know, so um, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's something that, and people look at you different, I, and I notice I could go to the same place four out of five days with the skirt on, and I'm treated like I'm queen of the world, no standing in line, you know, different things like that, versus that day that I may have jeans on, and I'm still looking just as nice, but it's something about the attitude I have or the presence that I carry when I am dressed. So Jeffrey made a comment. <laughs> Jeffrey. Hey, you're not supposed to talk about what's going on in your Facebook page. <laughs> well, you made a public <laughs> comment. So you, you and PK need to, need to, so he could advise you on, on, a, on a suit, on getting a yeah. suit. Um, PK, PK, I don't even own a suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's why everyone asks me all the time because I'm from Oklahoma, right? Everybody always asks me, do I wear cowboy boots? And since I moved to Florida, my cowboy boots have been in the closet. I wear nothing but shorts now. So, you know, but, but I, do, I do do speaking, so obviously there's something i got to get there. But a matter of fact, I mean, it was just – that's just crazy. That's why I told her she was turning this on me because, man, God has actually been talking to me last week going, man, you got to start dressing this part. And I'm like, well, okay, you're going to have to make a way because you are got to do it because I'm still – brain in this business ministry and everything. So, yeah, I was giving her a little shout-out for turning it on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I, and I wouldn't even have known that, but it is something that dressing a certain way does for you on the inside without you even recognizing Absolutely. it. So I'm, I'm about to make another pivot, and let's talk about parenting. Mm. So we'll go, uh, yeah, so everybody take a deep breath, because I'm going to Marvin first. Marvin. What what's, uh, yeah. the tip? what's what's the tip? Because a lot of people are co-parenting now. So what's the best way to to co-parent when you and the parent aren't together? You you know what's the best way to to co-parent? Because I've seen it go all the way left, and I've seen it you know done the right way, but mostly left. Okay. <laughs> um, of course, because my son is in, in Los Angeles and, and I'm in Louisiana. Um, I, uh, that's, that, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to be very balanced in this. I, you know, um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the term co-parent. I think that either you are a parent or you're not. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I think either you're active in your child's life or you're not. I think you mm. play a role or not play a role. I think you be the role that you have been ordained to be in your child's life or you don't. And so mm. I don't know if I necessarily I don't know if I necessarily get the co-parent thing um, because, uh, you, you know, my, my, my son's mother could think that because she lives, he lives in, in L.A. with her, that she's a sole parent. Or I can think that I always get the discipline phone calls. Like, <laughs> you know, like I don't get the phone calls when he win a trophy. I don't get the phone calls when he get cast for a photo shoot. But I in precedence, I've always gotten the, okay, he did this, and so you've got to talk to him or you've got to get him together. So I think that you just you, you, you play the role and you be who you're called to be um, in as much as you're allowed to do that and within the boundaries that you, are, that, you, that you do it. And so I don't know if I necessarily believe in the term co-parent. I believe you're a parent. So if you're a parent, you're mm-hmm. a parent. There's no, there's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's such thing as a co-parent. Your, right. Or your parent, or your father, or your mother, then just be that. So agreed. I don't know when it came up and became hip, but I see a lot of people <laughs> are we're we're co-parenting, and I'm like, what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I guess maybe we'll figure that term out exactly, or retire it. By 2016, 17, I'm sorry, that's going to be my, my next mission. Now, I'll retire my go. shirt and pick up, retire that hashtag, because I do love that point Marvin made. Now, I'm going to go to um, Nedrick real quick, because he's a man in a house full of women. <laughs> so what, the, what does being a father mean to you? Because I personally know you do comb hair. <laughs> oh, man. Being a father is a lot. I mean, I grew up without a father, and uh, you know, I, I, it's to me. I mean, I have to. Uh, <laughs> being a father definitely means I have to have patience. I have to take the time and be a teacher, and um, I, I have to be there. I have to be there when when they need me, and and it's uh, it's not a hard job to do. And I encourage every man that that have kids, I mean, to definitely be there, you know. And uh, I believe that me me not having a father is what really makes me a, a way better father. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I, but, you know, I've said that me, um, because for the majority of my life growing up, my parents were not parents. You know, I, enjoy, I had that luxury from five and from between birth and about six years old, I had what I would call parents. So when I had my son, I was almost like a blank slate. And I said, I'm going to just do everything opposite of what I see everybody else do. And now, you know, my son is in, in the military and boot camp and, um, Never been in trouble, but I've made threats like, if you ever do, I will come to school with noxzema on my face, rollers, yeah. and um, bed clothes. Never had to, but he knew I was serious because I focused on being a parent and not a friend. Mm-hmm. And what would be your advice? Um, we'll go to PK, and then I'll go to Jeffrey. What would be your advice? Because there, there are more single 
parents or, or single mothers or, or mothers raising kids or even fathers doing it alone, what would be your, your parenting advice? Because I know you have twins. I'm sure that is fun. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what would be your, your like, go-to parenting advice regardless of your situation? Uh, I would have to say uh, being being in the child's life definitely first of all, but just the, the everyday interaction because um, for what I'm learning and I'm seeing, people often said this before I had children, but now I see it for myself that the time goes so fast. And it's, you know, they're born, they're three, then it's five, and then it's seven, and then they go in high school. I mean, it just goes so fast. So you really can't get back those moments. And uh, it's really surprising how much uh, children remember from when they're kids about their relationship that they had with their parents. And um, when, when you know, we think, you know, especially nowadays, there's so much going on as far as television, movies, uh, phones. Um, and we we miss so many moments with um, with our children because you know we're doing so many other things. We're so busy. We're building uh, brands. We're building uh, empires. We're on. We're watching Empire. <laughs> we're uh, we're on social media. I mean, it's so many things that are time thieves that instill those moments. So I, just being there, spending quality time. Of course, taking trips and things like that, but just the everyday interaction, talking to them, building that relationship is so important because um, they need us. And before before we know it, they'll be teenagers and older, and you know they won't they won't want to spend as much time with us. Um, sure. So we have to really just enjoy the moments that we have when we do um, when they are young. Good answer. Good. I definitely. Um, when I went through my single parenting stage, uh, I guess I could call it that, um, one of the things I did with my son, and just not even during during that stage, but through his whole life when he was doing his video game thing, and I remember plenty of nights staying up to 2, 3 o'clock in the morning with him trying to beat a game that I didn't understand, but I pressed buttons in some kind of way it worked. And me and my son have a phenomenal relationship. Um, good, bad, ugly, you know, and, you know, as a mom, as a parent, when you watch your kid go grow and then they don't want to hold your hand anymore, like I remember those moments. And I explain to him now, you know, especially as I talk to him and he's still, he's at, you know, uh, when I boot camp the next phase of that, the job training part of it. But, uh, you know, I tell him I still remember him and still look at him as that, little boy that wouldn't give up his pacifier for anything, you know, but, and I remember when he was tired of his pacifier and he threw it, we were at the zoo and he threw it to the monkeys and it was random and quick and so out the blue. And I was like, that, that's pretty much the, the way to explain as your kids go, go through these stages and you're there and it's like, wow, this just happened, you know, um, so, yeah, that was a moment. He'd probably be embarrassed that I'm talking about that, but, you know. <laughs> Jeffrey, what, what, yes, what, is the, what would you like to add to, to the whole 
raising, you know, universal advice for raising a, a child, a kid. Right. Um, you know, I'm in the same situation. My son's back, both of my kids are back in Oklahoma, and I'm in Florida. Uh, my 11-year-old I actually have custody of, but I didn't want to uproot him in the middle of school and bring him with me down here, um, especially with me starting out the ministry and everything down here. So it's important that that child, you know, that you're, that you're in his life. But, you know, there's one thing I make sure I do every day, and that is I, I, I text my children or I call my children every day and let them know I love them and that I'm proud of them. Uh, I have an 18-year-old um, and, and an 11-year-old. And, you know, there's a lot of those times, like he was talking about, um, they were talking about earlier, you know, whenever you get those phone calls, wanting you to be referee or, you know, I get those calls and it's always, I know it's not going to be good whenever it starts off, you know, your son, you know, or something like that. But that's what we got to be because that's a parent because he is my son, you know. And 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 knowing that that that, 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 that you're thinking about it, that you're on your mind, especially when you're, when you're away from him, that's what's so great about technology. I can video chat with my kids, you know. I can Skype them or whatever or Facebook them, you know, and FaceTime and then and, and text them. Um, and then my youngest today was awesome. He was I sent him a video of an alligator the other day that I finally saw out here in Florida. And, I, and he was asking me about it, you know, and I'm showing him where it was, you know, so he can be a part of what I'm doing out here and preparing this for him. And it's still a very much part of his life, even though I'm 1,300 miles away. But as I'm going through life, there was a few years that I wasn't a part of my children's life, wherever I was doing my own selfish things, you know, before I, I came back to God. So I can't get that time back, you know, and I, I, I've, I've talk to them about it, you know, and rebuilt that relationship. And even my youngest son was kept for me for the first four years of his life. I had to fight tooth and nail for him uh, and going through the court system because, you know, I, I know you don't know much about probably Oklahoma court systems, but it's like some of the other places, you know, where it automatically comes against the father. So if you've got a father that wants to be in the, li- in the life of a child, it's an uphill battle. And uh, so I fought and fought and fought, and finally in uh, 2008 got custody of him. Um, and then uh, – you know, this came up with the move and the, and, and, and the ministry and stuff. So, uh, you know, he knows that his dad's down here working for him. I talk to him every day, being counted. But the main thing I try to instill in him is good moral judgment, good moral and ethical judgment um, and, and values that, that he can take into life. You know, we, we do homework uh, on, on the video chat and everything together. I'm like, hey, you got your homework done? He's like, no. I'm like, well, hey, I want to call you on video chat. We're going to do homework. You know, we, we pray with each other, you know, and, and just I can still be a part of his life even though I'm 1,300 miles away, you know, and we're working on his first trip out here to California, or California, well, that was a new one, to Florida. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you work with what you've got, and no matter where you're at, whether you're across the street or you're 13, 14, 2,000 miles away, let that child know you love him, that you are that parent, and that you're going to be there for him no matter what. Sure. Good answer. Good answer. So now we're going to make another quick left. Guys, are you, it's uh, 8.30. Are you guys still good with me? Uh, Marvin did have to uh, drop off. He has a, a event to go to. But I still have a couple of more questions if you guys are, are ready, willing, and able. I would love that. Yes, I'm coming. Sure, I'm here. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, now here's where the it goes left. A little bit. Um, (laughs) Is it, I'll go to PK first. Do you feel like the man should make more money? 
Um, to me, that's not really a big issue with me. I mean, I, uh, I would love, I mean, if my wife made more than me, that wouldn't be a, uh, a big issue because um, I'm confident in me as a person, me as a man, and we're, we're a unit. We're a team. So, I mean, I want her to make as much as much as possible. She wants me to make as much as, as, much as possible. Being an entrepreneur, she may have a month where she does make more money than me. Um, I may have months where I make more money than her. I mean, that's not – if you – to me, if you basing your relationship or your love on who's making the most money, uh, it's, it's something that could be missing there. Right. Well, a lot of times I find, um, and I'm in different groups and socialize with different people, and a lot of times it's it's one of two ways. Either the woman has the issue with that uh, for different reasons, or, and I've seen it and experienced it, that um, sometimes it will cause a man to be insecure, you know. And yeah, I feel I, like, the, go ahead. No, I've, I've, I've definitely... I definitely know men who would have a tremendous issue with that. Um, but as far as me personally, that that's not really uh, an issue at all. Mm, okay. Good answer. And let's see, we'll go to uh Medrick with the with this question. Um if your if your wife just wanted to shut it down and just just shut it down, not do anything, just nothing, no businesses, because I know your wife is a, a business owner. If she just wanted to shut it down and just stay at home um, and not do nothing, how would you be okay with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I mean, in trouble. <laughs> Watch me get you in trouble. No, no, no. If she was to say that, then honestly speaking, uh, it's nothing that I can say against that, you know what I mean? As, as a man, I am the protector and the provider. If she decides she don't want to do nothing again, then, then you know, it's my duty to go ahead on and, and make sure these bills are paid and make sure they have what they're supposed to have. And uh, that, <laughs> that's, my, that's my answer. Good answer. <laughs> Jeffrey, mm-hmm. why don't men look for stuff? <laughs> Look for stuff, as in like yes. what? As in That's anything. a loaded question. See, but see, I've I've surveyed women, and it uh-huh. wasn't like just my question. This is a general right. feeling that women okay. have that men don't look for things like you know at home or okay. you know information or you know men. <laughs> Well, tend to get frustrated, <laughs> make a left, and I can't find it. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, and that and that does happen. Um, and and um, I want to be careful here in case my future wife's on here. Um, I, I I'm not. Um, I'm kind of like you. I'm kind of out of ordinary. Like you talk about information, I am all the time looking up information. If I can find something cheaper, I'm going to look on the internet until I can give me a good value. Me and Groupon are good friends and a bunch of those other things. So I'm looking for good values for that to save the family money and to do things. Now, whenever we, when it comes to the house, it's like, well, I'll find it eventually. You know, mm. apparently I didn't need it as bad as I thought it was, you know, because I'll look, I'll look wholeheartedly. And sometimes, just to be honest, um, women, 
Okay, and this is not at anybody else, and and, and Miss, I'm a life organizer. Um, I know because you've been on my show. <laughs> you guys organize like nobody's business. And if you come into, let's say we have a joint home office, and I have my side, you have your side, and you come over and you clean my up, help you clean my area, helping me out or something. There's something out there that that I had left out there, or something for maybe the next morning or something. Hey, I got to take care of this first thing in the morning, and then it's not there. It throws my whole day off because I got to find it, you know, and I got to look for it. Or if you're in the kitchen, let's go to the kitchen. Let's talk about the kitchen because, because I'm telling you, I've been married, folks, like I've told you, and I can put a pot in the exact same place and it's still not right <laughs> because you women are meticulous about the way you organize kitchens, um, about the way you organize offices, or the way you fold a towel. It's the same way. Um, we're not trained to, to, to in program to think like you guys, and, and that's something we have to remember that we're not. I can't think like a woman no matter how hard I try. You can't think like a man no matter how hard you try. We're just not equipped for that. So we have to learn to understand that about each other. So I'll look and look and look and look and look, and yeah, eventually I'll get frustrated and give up. Like, I know I put that there, or honey, I know you said your purse is here. There's somewhere else you could have left it, you know, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I can get frustrated, you know, just as easy as uh, as anyone else. But um, I try not to give up, uh, but I keep going and keep going. And then sometimes we just feel defeated. I'm like, well, is this a test? Did she hide that on purpose trying to see how far I would go, you know? Because we don't know. I mean, we're, like I said, we're men. Interesting. PK, do you look for stuff at home? Uh, or you have a small window? Uh, Somewhat. But it becomes, I mean, with uh, – Twin seven year old boys running around. I mean, it, I drive myself crazy because I know I put something somewhere, and who knows where they put it after. So uh, I may I may start looking out for it and just give up after a little while. Interesting, interesting. Nedrick, do you leave your shoes by the door, or do you go put them where they supposed to go in the closet? <laughs> I got to say, I put my shoes where I'm supposed to put them. <laughs> it is the yeah, yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah, okay. Is Is that the general consensus? CK, you put your shoes in the, where they're supposed to go, like at that moment. Definitely. I have to. As soon as I come in, yeah, I definitely have to do that because, like I said, with these guys, I mean, I don't want them to I, – I have to put everything up. So that definitely uh, – uh, my suits, uh, cufflinks, shoes, every, those things have to go up, definitely. So you don't uh, leave them out for your wife to put up? You put them where they go at the moment? That Okay, I will – have to meet yeah. my husband to have a talk then. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because he has his, his steel-toe work boots and he will leave them, in like, in the uh, entryway. And to me, it does, I'm like, why are they there? And he was like, well, I have to put them on tomorrow. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, and I just leave it alone most of the time because, you know, he'll He'll get up, you know, three, four o'clock to go to work or, you know, whatever. Right. And then I prefer him not to even bring them in the house, period, you know, because, you know, sometimes depending on where he's working, they may have a 
you know, a smell to them or something. I'm for breathing and life falling and like, oh, then you want to put them <laughs> in the entryway also. So, um, but I look for stuff. Like I will, I'm very determined to, like I will look, look, and, and look. And um, and I will watch, you know, my son and my husband around the house looking for things, and it's quite amusing because they're looking and not looking. And then finally I will just get up, you know, off the couch or stop what I'm doing on the computer or whatever, and two seconds I found whatever they were looking for. And I think that it's a conspiracy because I am the only woman in the house. Mm-hmm. So which brings me to my next question, Jeffrey. Yes, ma'am. How is the way to a man's, what is it, a way to a man's heart through his stomach? Is it important that a woman cook to you? Have you, have you seen the pictures of me on Facebook? No, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, to me, no. No, not for me. Um, I love to cook myself, and I will cook all day long. Matter of fact, I cook tonight uh, because all the women in the house I stay out, they all uh, took off to go somewhere, so I cook tonight. Um, I don't mind cooking myself um, for me personally. Um, and I know there's a lot of guys out there that can't cook. You know, you get some of them that go out there that can't boil water, you know, and, and yeah. believe me, I, I've seen that. But but with me personally, no, no, absolutely not. Um, it's not important in, in my book for a woman to cook because I would love to cook for that woman every day if I had to. It doesn't matter to me. PK, who cooks in your house? Uh, definitely my wife cooks, uh, and uh, it's important to me because of, you know, we have two boys. When, when Before we had the sons, you know, it was very, you know, wasn't really a big thing. Um, but, of course, with the kids, you want to make sure. And if I cook for them, uh, it wouldn't be a good thing. So <laughs> she definitely has to take care of that part. Okay. And uh, Nedrick? Yeah. Nowadays, we've been pointing it out to our 11-year-old. She's been wanting to do a lot, so uh, we've been letting her experiment a lot. Well, that 11-year-old can do a lot of amazing things. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we love her. I I know uh, with me, um, I can cook. I know, you know, I can cook. But I, I was like, look, I'm tired. I started teaching my son how to do different things. And so I now, you know, because I had a timeline, because I had a timeline when I was going to stop cooking, and it was when he graduated high school, dinner, and me cooking was going to be random. And I have enjoyed it very much. He graduated last May. I have enjoyed my random every blue moon cooking. Um, But most of the time, you know, with my son one way and my husband another, I live on Frosted Flakes and Noodles, you know, and then when my husband comes home, it's like, what are you eating? Or, you know, I was like, if I get hungry, I'll go get something. But when he, if he asks me to cook, like if he really wants something in particular and asks me to cook, I will cook. But I did, you know, let him know, look, if you're looking for the whole woman, the you know, the woman that's going to cook all the time, that's, that's not me. I don't like cooking. I'm I'm good at cooking. I don't like cooking, you know. Whereas my husband, you know, I've taught, had to teach him how to season because in Louisiana we do season food differently. Oh and, yeah. You know, yeah. So it was a whole 
yeah. Once once we got through that process, it was everything was rolling, and I mean we eat. Nobody's starving, you know. But um, cooking, you know, and I did ask him that question. I also asked him where did he put the ketchup because that was an important dating question to me because I could not date or be serious about someone that put ketchup in the refrigerator. That's a whole other topic. (laughs) Well, um, guys, I want to go ahead and I want each of you to just give one tip that you think kind of solidifies and and marries the the topics we talked about today. I know it's kind of hard because we've talked about everything. Um, I've learned a lot, and I hope all the listeners did too. But what is your one tip that you would like to leave the listeners with today? And we'll go to um, Nedrick first. Ah, let me see. My tip would be to uh, I would have to tell that every man to, to uh, trust God, man. You know, every decision you make, pray about it, and and you you could never go wrong with that. You could never go wrong with that. Trust God, stay in your exalted position, and and let your spirit man do the walking instead of your flesh. Hmm. Good tip, PK. Um, well, you asked a question earlier today about what's more important, uh, love, uh, respect, or money. And mm-hmm. I agree with the answer that was given was love because I definitely believe that uh, relationships are so key to everything. Just like tonight we had a relationship of, and we communicated about different things. We were able to build. We, we learned different things about each other. And, you know, in the future uh, we can – uh, go back to this and, and connect and build uh, a strong relationship for what we started tonight. So I, I've seen just from starting different businesses and doing different things how important uh, relationships can be and um, connecting with uh, like-minded individuals and, and uh, building on things that, um, that just you, you, think you, you think you're alone. And when you think you're alone, you, you know, you feel like you have to do everything. But when you build strong relationships and partnerships, it just makes everything so much easier. Um, so that's, that's my takeaway from tonight and what I would say. Uh, just nurture those solid relationships that we have. Uh, don't just think the people that you've known for years are going to be the only ones. Um, make new uh, relationships. Uh, make new partnerships. Because um, as you grow your network, you grow your net worth. Mm. Good point. Good point. Jeffrey? Well, I would just like to leave everyone, uh, obviously, with uh, what was said before, trust God. But as you're doing that and, and you're, you're, you're finding yourself, man, just to stand up and be the man that God created you to be, but know that you are worth it too. Be bold in your faith. Be bold in everything you do. Because you were made in the image of God, just like woman was made uh, to be to be that, and you are worth everything that 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 He took the time to create you to be. Uh, he created you with a divine purpose, with a divine destiny, uh, with a divine appointment. So step into that, follow that purpose, and He will make sure that the rest falls into place in your life. Awesome, awesome. I'm sorry, I'm trying to type the comments. And, well, thank you guys for my first ever Define Yourself 
the men speak, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the last. I can't wait to really be able to explore all the comments on Facebook. I have truly enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for your time and your honesty and everything. It was it was more it was more than I expected, and I just really want to just thank you so much for taking your time out to just spend with us longer than, you know, uh, usual, but um, it was phenomenal. And I just want to thank you guys. Thank you all the listeners, everybody that tuned in, and just please look out for the next Define Yourself, who knows where I'm going next. <laughs> I just <laughs> let, I let go and let God, and then it's like, okay, that one's next. So um, I do look forward to connecting with all of you guys in the in the future. Make sure you post your information on um, the event page so that way the listeners and so on and so forth can connect with you guys. And just thank you so much again. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank thanks. you. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>